You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church, and I also lead a company. <laughs> you are the worst person. I know. Uh, uh, I shouldn't be able to control the fader. No, and you won't. You see how that thing's on an arm and it swings? Uh, we provide remote support to churches around the country, and you can learn more at myxp.church. All right. So today, mm-hmm. I might have made one of the uh, bigger gaffes of my life by allowing you to pick the question. What's that we're a gonna gaff? I, I don't know, but we're two seconds in, you're already learning new words. I know. So... The bigger gaff of yeah, my it's a gaff. It's like a mistake. Hmm. Is that all right? Here we go. You're going to start <laughs> us off with conflict. I'm going uh, to Google right now. Let's do it. Gaff. I don't know how to spell it. G A F F. Let's find out. If Google can't tell the difference between mm, one and two, this Fs. pulled up some strange underwear. <laughs> uh, it's the first thing that yeah. Apparently, mm. it's a kind of underwear as well. Mm-hmm. A gaff. Okay, it is a. Stick with a hook. Okay, hang on a second. That's not the right one. <laughs> We're going to come back to this, okay? okay? Oh, what is gaff slang for? Fool it. Dang it. Maybe I am wrong. You, We're going to come back to this. You just like to say big words or little words, but words I was going to say big up. words. We don't even know. It has three or four letters. Anyway. Anyways. So the opening question, all right? Are you ready? Oh, gosh. Yeah. How does where you are now compare with where you thought you'd be five years ago? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Let's see. Where was I five years ago? Oh, I know. Five years ago, we were in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I would survive another five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I would say, I guess at this point, five years ago, I was, I think mentally I was in a headspace where I thought, I was, I wanted to try to invest five years, um, in North Carolina to try to get the church in an ideal position for smooth transition Mm -hmm. to a long-term pastor. That's kind of where my own head was at. I felt like I can suffer through this for, for five years, um, in order to lay the right foundation for whoever the long-term pastor is going to be. Yeah. Um, it wasn't going to be you. It was not going to be me. No. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> I think I moved across the country. Well, anyway, keep going. Six years before I, before now, I thought it was going to be for uh, a long yes, time. That's but, true. Yeah, and now I'm in Salt Lake City. Yeah, so quite different. Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, we were in the same spot, and we are in the same spot. But I mean, five years ago, my XP wasn't even a thought in anyone's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never stepped foot in, nor had I had any desire to step foot in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very interesting. I went to dinner last night with a couple that's a bit newer to our church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they have heard us comment on 
things like hickory. And as mm-hmm. we sat down at one point, he was like, so you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but what happened mm-hmm. in North Carolina? And so I got to retell the story. Did but you just, cry over dinner? No. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but just um, being in a situation to like relive, or not relive, but to retell that story mm-hmm. and just the miraculous way that we are, like the timing of everything mm-hmm. that we are in Salt Lake City, when you really uh, measure it out like end to end, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Just how, yeah, how crazy it all is. It's for interesting. Sure. I've, because I'm the one that typically meets with every new person. I've told that story, I mean, I've probably told that story 200 times in the last three, four years of how we got to Salt Lake City mm-hmm. and that it, you know, involved going through North Carolina. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it's barely like I can kind of click into autopilot when I sure. tell it now because I've told it so much, but yeah. you don't tell it nearly as much. No, I mean, I haven't told it in a super long time. And, and so even, you know, as you tell a story like that, you start remembering mm-hmm. different pieces and just the order of, uh, so Eddie Williams, mm-hmm. the big reason we're here, the order of him mm-hmm. being there and why he was there mm-hmm. and then how you ended up coming for a visit and then we came for a visit and all of that. And so I think there is not a single thing in our lives, including this podcast that we would have expected or forecasted or even five years ago, dreamed about anything five no. years ago. No, no, not even close. Nope. So all right. there you go. Not a, not a bad question, right? Oh, yeah. that was all right. That was not too bad. All right. So we're going to, we are going, one, one of the things, you know, we've been for the last few weeks, we've been talking about all the things that we've been trying to reset uh, mm-hmm. through the month of September. Uh, it struck me last week or earlier this week that the series we've been in has been called Reset September, but it's been October for a solid two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so it's time for a new series. Were you corrected by someone? <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. it was not just my calendar. Okay, cool. Uh, but, but as I was, you know, we've, one of the things that we've really worked to, to retool uh, over the last month is our connection process, mm-hmm. which we've talked about yeah. at some point, but we have made uh, some changes to it. And I was thinking this morning, you know, everybody, when it comes to like the various infrastructure pieces that exist inside of a church that have mm-hmm. to be built, a lot of the times we create them and then just sort of forget about them and let them go on forever. Sure. And without some degree of intentionality, we don't always revisit them to, to think like, okay, it's a new day. It's a new season. Is it time for us to make changes to it? And so I was thinking of like, how do you know it's time to make some changes mm. to a it process? sounds like the beginning of a joke. Does it? How do you know it's time to make, yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe. Uh, you know, I just feel like I just you just you really threw me off my thing. Yeah, with your <laughs> you know who threw someone off their thing when you bring the music back up as I'm doing my intro. So I don't think there's. I, I'm gonna do every time you talk today, just so you know. Yeah, it's coming that's back. Awesome. Cool. I, I have to say, if there's any one of our listeners uh-huh. who has listened non-biasedly to this mm-hmm. and has any amount of sympathy for your experience on this show. I'd love to hear about it. I just love to. I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to be enlightened. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I've had what people <laughs> tell me how sorry they feel for me. But, Do they? Yeah, mm-hmm. People tell you regular. they feel sorry for you on yeah. the regular, don't they? Yeah. Does that feel good? <laughs> now that I think about it, and say it out loud. Not as good as it did earlier. All right. Okay. So, how do you know yes. it's time? Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about connection. How let's how do, do we take people from being new to like fully? Um, a part of our church. How do you yeah, know? Assimilated. Uh, yes. Yeah. We don't like that word. Mm-mm. 
but how do you know it's time to make some changes? And I, I, there's two things. One, this is the obvious, like what, what we've been doing is not working anymore for whatever reason, like people aren't getting connected. People are falling through the cracks. That'd be one sign. Totally. But then another one, and this is like what I think prompted some of it for me was you're not working it anymore. Yeah. And there have just been some things about the way we've been doing connection that uh, weren't resonating with me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of sat down with a whiteboard for a couple hours and reworked the whole thing. Yeah. Um, a couple of the pieces are the same. A couple of the pieces yeah. are significantly different. But what we're going to do for the next few weeks is just talk about some of the really three high points of our connection process. There's yep. a lot more to it, but these are going to be the three big rocks mm-hmm. that for us are really critical right now. Great. But I think before we get into this, uh, just to remind people that the connection really comes out of the vital few. We did mm-hmm. a whole series on that, but we have a document that in many ways serve as the guardrails for what we think it means to be a faithful and fruitful church. Mm-hmm. And one of those is providing clear next steps. And here's how we describe that. We labor to provide clear next steps for new people because connection is crucial in our mission to make disciples. Every member must own the responsibility of living with missional intentionality and helping new people make their way from first exposure to full partnership. Our systems are complex, but connection is simple. And so we're going to talk about these high points and where this comes out of. And so this week, we're going to talk about the info card because the info card is where the whole thing starts. That's right. No info card, no connection. No. And we try to ring that bell as much as we possibly can. Now, Mm -hmm. you and I have uh, distinct but complementary gifts. Okay. We have uh, different areas of expertise. Mm -hmm. This one is more you than me. That's true. You've put a lot of time, thought, and effort for years into everything to do with connection. But even like all the way down to one like individual tool of it, like the info card, Mm -hmm. you've spent a lot of time thinking about. Mm -hmm. So really what I want to, I want to interview you today about info cards. Okay. All I'm really doing is preparing. If I say there's six things, Mm -hmm. we got six questions. Yeah. Did you add a question that I'm to ask you? And I, and I just real nonchalantly showed you that, but Six you fingers. shared it with everybody. I was really confused. Well, I, was well, I only like saw on your thumb low. and I was like, why is he giving me a I thumbs had, up? I had this many. But I was looking this, this many. What are you, seven? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm this many. So I'm going to ask you uh-huh. a handful of questions and then I will interject probably some really important stuff. I'm probably not going to interject much of anything, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here. Good. Sip my whiskey while you spit wisdom. I appreciate that. You ready to go? And I'll bring the music up every time you start mm-hmm. to talk. <laughs> I, I like all of these things. And I would point out, uh, we're going to spend the next number of weeks. Sometimes we say, this is the this many week yeah. thing. And we just go until we're done we're with bored. that topic. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I think this one's got a pretty solid three weeks. Do you? I think so. I've got it outlined. So I think I it's mean, good. You just confessed at the beginning that you took the September reset Two, two weeks, weeks into, into October. October. That yeah. did happen. Yeah, so, that did happen. So okay. we'll see we'll what see. happens. All right, so let's just start with uh, with the obvious and important question. Yeah. Why, why are info cards important? Because not all, in our experience, not all churches have them. Oh, no. Or more often than I, I not, I would say what I see is like, there is uh, in the seats. Yeah, seat there, back pocket card. There's like an, an info card that if you mm-hmm. want, you can fill it out. So why would you say that it is important not just for a church to have an info card, but why is it important to be like front and center as we'll talk about in just a few minutes? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to uh, 
be intentionally antagonistic, but I'm just, as the behind-the-scenes guy, mm-hmm. I would say receiving an info card from someone is the single most important step in discipleship. Mm-hmm. You cannot, so uh, you hear from someone, oh, you know, I was talking to this person on Sunday, and they are really hurting. You know what? I'm going to reach out to them. Oh, wait. I can't get a hold of that person because they've right. never filled out an info card. Right. There's just no thing that you can do with someone unless they provide you their information. Yep. And yeah, somebody could send it to you, but that is like, that's that's just borderline almost like stalker behavior or something like that. Like people don't love being found. Uh, they love providing their information mm-hmm. and then it's appropriate for you to reach out to them. Right. As a matter of fact, a great example is that couple I went out to, I picked them up for dinner cause mm-hmm. they live pretty near me and I texted them the address in the database and I said, is this right? And he said, Oh yes, you have that from our info card. Mm-hmm. So therefore I think that that's a, an appropriate way to have somebody's information. But had they not filled that out yeah. and you sent them their I address, known. that would have been creepy. Yeah, that would have been real creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Like how did I know that? Where did it come from? All yeah. of those kind of things. And so I think that it is uh, the single most important step in discipleship. And regularly as I do the announcements on Sunday morning, one of, I have a few kind of canned lines that I use. Mm-hmm. And one of them is basically, like we don't know that you exist Mm -hmm. until we have an info card. And there's a lot of people at our church that I know primarily by name and the information that they've provided for us because I haven't met them yet. But when I do, I immediately have a connection to, oh, okay, so you live in Sandy or something Mm -hmm. like, and again, they don't think that I'm just, you know, uh, a prophet. They know that they provided that information and I'm referencing that. And that's meaningful to people, even in that, that, that they recognize that, wow, I, I submitted that and you paid attention to that and all of those kind of things. And so it is by far, if you're not doing it right now, uh, the single most important thing you could do, I'm going to, I'm going to ring this bell all morning or all whenever you're listening to this, all podcast long. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Please, if you could change anything in your church this week, start doing an info card. We'll we'll lay out some more uh, kind of uh, requirements or kind of uh, advice uh, Mm -hmm. on this. Uh, But it's really, really important. And I guarantee you it will make a huge change into how you see people get connected and respond and being a part of your church. So guarantee the, the claim that it's the most important step in discipleship, mm-hmm. which I think based on the foundation for that claim, I completely agree with. I don't I, I mean I would think that's irrefutable. You can't you cannot disciple people who are not connected. You can't connect people that you don't know. Can't get hold of. Yeah, it's that's impossible. Plain right. and simple. So so let's say someone hears that and they're like, well that's you're right. So mm-hmm. I wanna I need to have an info card. We're not currently doing anything or they have one and they're not sure what to do with it. What info would you say really needs to be on an info card? Yeah, so the first thing that you need to do is just evaluate what your info card is. Way too many churches have one. So here's here's what happens in most churches. Once upon a time, you had somebody design them, or mm-hmm. maybe you found a design online or however you go about getting your stuff designed, and you logged on to a website where you could print stuff. Mm-hmm. And what you saw, as is true with many printers, you could print 500 for X, and you could print 40000 for X plus $12. Right. And you thought, well, for crying out loud, of course we need 40000 mm-hmm. So it's time to find that box or boxes of dated info cards and pitch them in the trash, cut them up into note cards, give them to the kids' ministry to make crafts, whatever you need to do. It's time Recycle to move on them from that. because global warming is real. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't know you hate science. Okay, but... Al Gore, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so right. it's time to take a fresh, a yeah, fresh, a fresh like, let's look. start from scratch. Yeah, and so of course you need everyone's contact information. Right. There should be nothing you collect in your church that doesn't require a phone number, name, and email address, mm-hmm. uh, even if you already have it. Uh, I think uh, we're going to talk about some digital expressions here in a minute, but uh, it's very, very important, phone number, name, and email address all the time. And when you're in a situation where you can require the field, always require those fields. Here's why, especially on email, uh, it's not as much true for phone number, but for email, so many people, when they first come to your church, like give you their like spam, never going to check it mm-hmm. don't even know the password anymore email address yeah and they're then, juno that's right yeah they're juno they're at aol.com yep. uh, someone at our church i don't they must not have an email because they signed up their email as none at msn.com so i was like because mm-hmm. it's required so i suppose if you're going to be one of those people you can give us none at msn.com however uh what would be ideal is that you give an actual email address so by requiring it over time it puts you in a situation where uh you're going to see uh, if you have a good database that, that captures uh, the ongoing list, we have several people in our church that we have four or five emails for mm-hmm. because as they have trusted us and grown to plug into the church, we, we get finally closer get to the that, real yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. It, the closer it gets to someone's real name, then the closer you know that you're there. <laughs> like if it's like your name at gmail.com, you're winning. That one's real. Uh, yeah. You should just guess that most of the time. So I think that for sure. So all the, like all the, like phone address, email, like all that stuff is, Phone, email, address, and uh, name. Yeah, yeah, so that's all the stuff that everyone would assume. Always. In a, but in addition to those things, mm-hmm. there is uh, some more information that we collect yeah. that is equally critical for us yeah, to be able to sure. do other stuff. So what are what are the other things that, that people – because I've seen some that it's like front and back. There's like 9,000 things. Yep. So what what would be the other four or five things you feel like are really critical to go on there? Yeah, I mean, what I would encourage you to do, especially if you uh, can, and uh, hopefully by the end of today's podcast, you will understand that you should have a digital expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are really used to filling out forms. They're really mm-hmm. used to putting their data in or sending text messages or all of those kind of things. A lot of people have phones that autofill stuff. And so I believe that when someone is filling out their card for the very first time, you should front load it and ask for just about everything that you care about. Uh, I think some of the things you should absolutely care about are things like uh, people's birthday, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely their physical address. Uh, Sometimes people do anniversary. We do do their birthday. We do their family. Uh, The tool that we use gives people the ability to add adults, add children to their family. And so it builds their family out, their genders, their uh, birthdays, those types of things. Uh, One of the questions we ask for, uh, I think a lot of churches really enjoy kind of providing swag to people, whether it's by Mm -hmm. purchase or for giveaway. And so we ask people's t-shirt sizes. Um, uh, For us, we've talked about this. We'll talk about it more, but we ask people's meetup interests. It Mm -hmm. helps us know how to target. Like if somebody's go, if you like outdoor activities and we've got an outdoor meetup, Mm -hmm. we ask you to let us know your meetup interests. And one of the most significant things I think churches could and should ask for is how did people hear about your church? I think that you're able to run reports and things like that based on your database. And it's very interesting. I think what we all hope and, and wish for is that we get a million responses of invited by a friend. Mm -hmm. And if you're anything like us, especially through the pandemic, Google is the 
best witness yeah. <laughs> that Ridgeline Google's has. our greatest missionary. That's right. That's right. Inviting <laughs> people to our church constantly. And so I think, but then it, it helps you know, for us, one of the things that we pay good attention to is the search engine optimization for the fact that we hear from a lot of people, including the couple I went with last night. Mm-hmm. They just Googled us and the church is near me and we came up at the very top. And mm-hmm. that's something that we hear quite a bit. And so I think it's something that that's uh, we're going to continue to spend time and energy investing in, certainly equipping our people and training them to invite as well and all of that. But we've also done a number of social media ads and things like that. And we don't get a ton of response on that. And so then it's worth looking at and saying, well, I don't know, maybe we double down on the things that are working and Mm -hmm. try to educate people on the things that aren't, but also don't spend a lot of time bemoaning what is and isn't working, but really capitalize on the things that are. And so make sure that you ask people to uh, share how they heard about your church and then investigate those things, Mm -hmm. run reports and take a look and see on average, what are people telling? us so the last 10 people that came to your church you should know how they heard about you yeah so most most churches my guess is the focus is the info card is for if you're here for the first time and we don't have your info yeah we're gonna want you to fill that out so in the announcements there might be like some side maybe, maybe some side comment ma- made about like hey if uh if you don't if you're new here there's an info card in the seat back fill that out that'd be great mm-hmm. we do it differently than that so talk just for a minute about who you think should fill out the info card yeah, and this was something that I had to grow in. It's something that I think I've referenced on previous episodes, but I'm going to probably share it a thousand more times, so just buckle in. Uh, everyone should fill out an info card every single week. Uh, statistically, new people don't want to stand out, and so there's a couple of values to having everyone fill out an info card. First of all, if it's info card time and you carve out this, the part of your service, which you absolutely 100% should, to give people an opportunity to respond and fill out their info card, uh, if it's info card time and every Everyone around the new people is doing it, they're likely going to do it too, just mm-hmm. because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to just sit there with their arms folded while everyone else is like doing something. And so uh, I think that that's a huge win. Additionally, the other thing that we've talked about before, it gives people who call Ridgeline Home an opportunity to communicate prayer requests. And mm-hmm. it's really one of my favorite things that we get from people. We, we genuinely, especially in this season, especially when people were only online, we get an opportunity to hear from people on a weekly basis how they're doing and what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's how we present it to people. We really want to hear that. And so uh, it's kind of a twofold reason. One, uh, it's sort of the positive version of peer pressure, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, it gives people uh, kind of that pressure of like, well, everyone else is like on their phones and filling something out, so I probably should too. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, uh, it gives them, it gives us the ability to solicit prayer requests from people every week. And I think on a weekly, bit, I mean, this week I noticed it seemed like we got an extra amount. Um, prayer requests? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot. Se- yeah, it seemed like a larger amount, but I bet we get, I don't know, 40 maybe, something like that. I mean, it's a it's a pretty good number mm-hmm. every week and a good percentage of our church uh, filling those out. And it's, it's just a real blessing to be able to know what's going on and also pray for our people uh, throughout the week. Yeah, that's good. So <clears throat> how then, like moving now, I think a little bit more practically. So you say everyone should fill it out. You, you just made like an offhanded comment to a carved out time when mm-hmm. people should do that. So talk a little bit about how you feel like people should feel, fill these things out. Yeah, for sure. So I think that, um, uh, just as far as how they should fill it out, uh, I am a big advocate of you should have a digital expression for people to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that you put a seat back pocket card in people's seat backs mm-hmm. and it says on the bottom, 
if you're new, fill this out and mm-hmm. place it in the offering thing. That's so weird. Uh, the idea, and I have I have countless churches that we support that have said that. And uh, I ask, how many have you gotten? And they're like, well, in the last month, maybe we got one. Mm-hmm. Uh, or things like prayer requests. They get like one or two. And every time, if you're here listening and thinking, oh, my goodness, this isn't going to work. My people won't respond to it, this and that. I was there too. I'm here to tell you, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Because like without fail, every single church that's been willing to just trust and move forward on this has seen a huge explosion in prayer requests, in responses, in you know, fields marked on the card, all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really, really important that we uh, ask everyone to fill it out and that we do it in a way that's digital. Now, I know that for some listening, it just feels like, oh man, I'm not really into the idea of, you know, people on their phones in church. And one of the things I appreciated that you've shared, uh, even uh, when we were on staff at that church in Hickory, uh, there was some pushback about that Mm -hmm. idea. And you shared, listen, I'm up here preaching and everyone's on their phone already. So mm-hmm. we might as well put them on something that at least puts them like in the service with us. Right. Uh, and so that's something that I would really encourage you to do. As always, I'm a huge planning center fan and I just cannot express enough the value of their new app system. It's $14 a month for unlimited customizable pages. If you can create a Word document, you can edit the app. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, I've, I've seen apps from other companies, <coughs> Pushpay, where it's very complicated. I mean, I, I there find goes that my, sponsorship. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, I would say no anyway. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, um, I think some of some of these app kind of systems, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty good when it comes to web-based software, mm-hmm. and I find it very difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you've even updated the Planning Center app, and you... It, I, I don't know that you had to say it like that, but well, yes, I have. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Anyway, uh, and so I really recommend something like that where people know they've got a home base for your church, mm-hmm. and that's where our, our info card button is at the front and center of the home page. Everyone knows how to download it. We make a big deal out of it every single week. Uh, we we invite people to launch the app. We invite people to download it. We've put a QR code on the screen. I mean, there's lots of ways that, uh, that you can go about getting people to understand how to do it. Uh, but I really strongly recommend that for a couple of reasons. One, uh, what I have found without fail, uh, people give you way more information when they get to type it with their thumbs. Uh, people are like, especially a prayer request. If you have to, first of all, you got to find a pen. Uh, hopefully the one in the like seat back is still there. Probably not. Somebody stole it because you got cool branded ones and thought they'd leave them and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's not there. They have to find a pen, all of those kind of things. And by the time they really like run it out and things like that, um, it's just, it's pretty abbreviated. It's hard to read people's uh, handwriting. I mean, there's just so many. I remember when we had handwritten ones at Redemption mm-hmm. and, and consistently. Poor McKenzie. Yeah. Consistently <laughs> could not get a hold of people, didn't have, like, didn't have yeah. email addresses because people's penmanship was so poor. Totally. Exactly. Um, and when it came to prayer requests, I know that she had to, like, tra- Mackenzie, mm-hmm. she served in our uh, office back then, and she had to translate those into yeah. something that we could do something with. And I mean, she spent hours trying to, under- I mean, she'd come into my office half a dozen times and be like, what, what do, do you, you think, think this, this says? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so you get to understand it better. Uh, you also have the ability to require fields. So when somebody's new uh, for 
us because we have everyone fill out the info card. It's called, if you've ever dealt done anything on a form, it's called conditional formatting, meaning that if you say it's my first time, you get, have a bunch of fields. If mm -hmm. you say that I've filled one out before, you only have a couple fields. Yeah. And so we invite people, if it's your first time, please click that. And we require all the fields because, but what we promise people is we're only going to ask this from you one time. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have you fill out this information a bunch of times because the brilliance of the planning center system, the moment that person hits submit, a profile has been created in our database. They are automatically already plugged into the system. It doesn't rely on anyone to translate the information. It doesn't require anyone to do input or to mm -hmm. miskey it or anything like that. They are immediately a part of the life of the church. And that's why, as I said earlier, until you fill out that info card, you really don't exist. But the moment you do, we've got record of you being there and we're able to reach out and thank you and get you plugged in. And so uh, one of the things that I found really interesting is I had a church that uh, transitioned from more of a, they really focused on the paper thing. They also had kind of a, a small presence of a digital thing. And I really pushed for it's time to depart from the paper thing and really go all digital. And they had a mixture of ages. There was lots of concerns. We talked through them all. And finally, uh, the pastor trusted me and just said, all right, I'll, I'll give it a whirl and we'll try. And this pastor is really, really driven by data. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the first six weeks, they did it. And they're not tracking this detail anymore because it was such a clear win. Mm -hmm. For the first six weeks, they did it. 82% of the info cards that came in from uh, were from the app on week one and, and uh, following. And so... 82% of all of their info cards came in that way, that a large percentage of their church filling them out to begin with. And of those 82% uh, of those cards, 60% of those had submitted a prayer request. That's awesome. It, uh, I get that uh, for some people, numbers are boring or this and that, and I'm not a huge numbers guy, believe it or not, even mm -hmm. as an executive pastor. But uh, when you're talking numbers like 82% and 60% That's in the church world, yeah. uh, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, usually you're, you know, I mean, when you do a mailer, they're like, you'll get a 1% return. Well, right. uh, when you, you know, have people submit their info card, you're getting a much greater return on that. Uh, you're getting a ton more prayer requests, all of those kind of things. And so again, uh, take a look at the planning center tool, uh, myxp.church. We're really here to help you kind of get some of those things launched and implemented. Even if you're not looking for a long-term partnership, if you're just like, I listen to your podcast, help me do those things. We can come up with a reasonable price to get that up and going. And by the time you listen to this, if you reach out right away, probably a week, week and a half, you'll be up and going with an uh, app at your church. Uh, really reasonable giving solution, all of those types of things. And it's a real great hub and opportunity for your people to stay connected to what's going on in the life of your church. So we we believe in having everybody fill it out to a, to the point that we actually carve 60 seconds in the service yeah. so that everybody can fill it out. Mm -hmm. And we've experimented with various places to place, put, to put that in the service order. Mm -hmm. And so talk about where we've ended up, like what, like when should people fill out the info card and why do you think that is? Yeah. So I think um, we've put it a lot of different places and I think a lot of people would disagree with this, but I think that we have enough information to say that those people are wrong. Uh, but I think it should be the very end of service. There's a couple of really key reasons for that. Number one, uh, oftentimes an info card has an opportunity for people to get connected or to respond. And so respond, I made a decision for Christ. Um, I would like to be baptized. I want to um, meet with a pastor. I want to meet with a pastor. Like I want to serve on a team, all of those types of things. Well, uh, a lot of people put their announcements and all of this kind of stuff towards the beginning of the service. 
I would just love to know how a greeting from the parking lot into the church building led you to be baptized. I'm not saying it's never happened. Yeah. I'm just saying it's real rare. Yeah. It's more likely that someone was stirred by the sermon, by the worship experience, by the entire service, and then that led them to want to make a decision. So I think there's that. And if it's someone who's just new and maybe they're not ready to make any of those decisions yet, but when you go to ask for their information, what you've done is you've given them a fully informed opinion. Mm -hmm. So when you ask for somebody's information about seven minutes in, you're really relying on like whether or not somebody was friendly as to whether or not they want to give their information. The large number of people who are going to give their information seven minutes in are like church people. They mm -hmm. moved to the area, they've researched your church, they were referred by a friend, and they have already decided this is a church they're going to go to. Again, that's a very small percentage of, of the people checking out your church to call your church home. Mm -hmm. And so I think by asking it on uh, at the end of the service, we see a very large number of people on their very first week uh, visiting Ridgeline uh, fill out the info card. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, to your point, we always give 60 seconds. We Before we dismiss, before I close in prayer, we give a 60-second time frame for people to fill out their info card to actually do it in the service. Again, I know for some, they're listening and they feel like, oh man, that doesn't belong in the service and all of that. Uh, if we're going to... Uh, if we're going to agree, at least at our church, that it's the single most important step in discipleship, by all means, it can be given 60 seconds in the service to be able to fill out the info card. And so I even like walk off stage, we bring the music up, and we allow people the opportunity to fill out the info card, check out the app, all of those types of things. And then I come up and close us in prayer. And that genuinely has, uh, we've just seen such a huge number of people. And that doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're necessarily returning. That doesn't mean a lot of things, but what it means is we've put people in a situation where they are able to actually um, make an informed yeah, decision for sure, and and and, and decide. You know what? I I want to hear more yeah. about what this church has to do, and and so I would love to get connected and mm -hmm. you know do all of that kind of stuff. And so it's a real. Uh, I think that end of service is just key. And again, I, I just even recently within the last few months, I had. Uh, a church where uh, they had they had basically partnered with my XP to just set up a couple of these types of things. So we just supported them for a few months, and then are providing some ongoing coaching after that. And uh, they were real unsure about that. They're just mm -hmm. like come on, that's mm -hmm. not. And so they did it the first week and the first week. And what I appreciate is the first week they got some weird feedback. Cause that's just like change in the church is a swear word. And so therefore people were just like, nah, I don't know about that. Well, by week two or three, their prayer requests were through the roof mm -hmm. and they were genuinely, um, engaging with people on topics that they didn't even know were relevant to them. And so I think it was a great, uh, just testimony of they, they were just, all right, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because really, what harm can it do mm -hmm. to just give it a whirl? And the only thing I would say is if you're going to do it, do it for like a month mm -hmm. and genuinely track like the other church did about the 82% and the 60%. Like, be honest with yourself. Does this make a difference? And I just am so confident that regardless of if you're in rural, rural America or large city America, I, I just feel confident enough to say I guarantee it's going to make a difference mm -hmm. in how people respond. Yeah. I think the thing that you have to, like, especially for worship leaders, for maybe, like, teaching pastors that are concerned about, like, how we land the plane, I would say maybe four to six times in the last couple of years, we had an ending in a service that was... Um, either had such a weighty emotional bent to it that it, it would feel 
like real clunky and inappropriate to like go into an announcement thing mm-hmm. where we've we'd like we've put it before the sermon where we've moved the announcements to before the sermon. Um, another thing, so the, but the, but that doesn't happen very often. Uh, what I would say that we work pretty hard to do and that your church just grows accustomed to with time is you basically like, even if we have a closing song that comes after my message, then that ends and we wrap that in prayer and then you come up to close it. And it feels like a totally different trying to like weave. I, what I like, historically it's always been a nightmare to figure out where do we put the announcements Mm -hmm. announcements suck no one likes them no one likes doing them no one really likes Mm -mm. hearing them Mm -mm. like they're a pain but they're they're necessary to keep to get people connected to keep people connected and so for us we've just decided this is where we get the best return on them yep and so we just have a nice like wrap wrap the sermon and a song with a bow then it's into announcements and this is how we close our time and it's something that our church has grown completely accustomed to yeah absolutely and i think that the average person is not going to leave until they're dismissed yeah i mean that's just kind of the way church works we have a couple Uh, yeah we have a couple people who step out and i usually want to say something in front of everyone i don't because that happened to me one time at a conference and it didn't feel good we haven't been back to that conference no we haven't (laughs) and i don't believe you will allow i will not Uh, but regardless, I think, um, just putting yourself in a place where you give people that space to do it, Mm -hmm. uh, and you collect good information. And then the final thing is obviously like, what do you do with it? Like when, so that we, we get this information, I'm going to talk a little bit about next week about what, like my response to this information is, but just from like a. 30,000 foot view. What do we do with this information that we're given? Yeah. So I'll leave most of that for next week. I think the big thing that has to happen is something, something, (laughs) almost anything, right? For sure. And and I, I mean, people chuckle, but the number of times people have expressed interest in something and just nothing happens. There's just no response. There's no, and I'm telling you the number of times I've heard people feel hurt by that. I've heard people leave churches over those types of things. Uh, It's really, it's really important important that action is taken based on, so if you're new, we're doing whatever we've decided is right for our church to follow up and thank you for visiting and to get you plugged into more information. If you've expressed an interest in serving or attending an event or whatever, that it gets routed to the right person. And again, if you're here and you're listening and you just feel like, man, I don't have the all, you know, my church doesn't have a bunch of money. Listen, neither does our church. Mm -hmm. And Everything I'm talking about in Planning Center, as far as the workflows and getting it routed to the right person and the forms to fill out, all of that is totally free. As a matter of fact, uh, on Planning Center's website, they refer to it as forever free. And I've talked to some of the people on the Planning Center team, and I've just made it clear, like, you've said to ministry people the word forever. You know what we think about eternity, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, they're, they're confident. They will never charge for the database portion. And the the app, so you could have an amazing database for your church and an app for your church all in $14 a month. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your church situation is. I believe you have the ability to find $14 a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it really will make a huge difference in getting your people connected to your church. And so I think that... um, uh, what you do with those things and, and watch the videos, reach out to my XP. We would love to partner with you. 
answer any questions you have, all of those kind of things. But no matter what you do, don't take the steps to implement this and then have nothing happen. Because on the other end, that can actually be worse than doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So if you don't ever ask for anybody's information, you don't ever, you know, um, you know, so for example, someone at your church shares a prayer request with you and then comes up to you and starts engaging you on it, they're going to expect that you've read it. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're reading them. If somebody signs up to serve, make sure you have some kind of system to be able to follow up with them. And so the point being, uh, just because we say doing an info card, it's not just as simple as creating a form on Google Forms. First of all, Planning Center is free too. Use Planning Center. But second of all, make sure that you have a good follow-up to be able to mm-hmm. respond to what people have asked Yeah, you for. said it's the it's the most important step of discipleship. It's not the only step. Well, yeah. Fill out the info <laughs> card and then all of a sudden somehow they're magically – like we, we take – an immense amount of action against that information. Totally. To be able to continue the process of helping people be formed in Christ. Absolutely. Image. All right, I want to end. Uh, so I know pastorally mm-hmm. why connection matters to you so much. Mm-hmm. It's because we can't disciple people who aren't connected, right? right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the right answer for a pastor to say. Mm-hmm. I'm curious personally. Mm. Why does why does helping people get connected personally for you? Why does that matter to you so much? Do you think? Because um, you have a an immense amount of passion around that, yeah. far more than like, and you have passion around it to the extent that you have put in painstaking work, yeah, to make it simple for people to get connected. So why do why do you, like personally why does that matter to you so much? Yeah, because I think that um, I think that so often people's interest and people's like response to those promptings are kind of fleeting. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, like there is that spiritual war raging, waging Mm -hmm. or raging around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And as quickly as the Holy spirit is there to say, you should take a step. Mm -hmm. uh, The enemy's there to like discourage that. Mm -hmm. And I think that putting people in a place where um, uh, you, you, see that and you value it uh, really puts people in a place where they're going to, they're going to find a place that's home. I think, I think to me, um, you know, I haven't really thought about the answer to this question. So sorry if it sounds disjointed, but I I think that um, like, I, I just want everyone to find a place that's home. And quite frankly, I don't care if it's Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. I want it to be Ridgeline if Ridgeline's the right church for them. Yeah. But I want them to be able to, like, if, if you have resonated somewhere and you feel like, you know what, I want to take some steps, I want to get connected, then by all means, uh, I mean, we are paid, uh, if you're in vocational ministry, you are paid by people's tithe dollars. Do your job mm-hmm. and, and create an environment where people are welcome and safe and have a place that they can call home. I think that that is uh, so important uh, to make sure. And I think also, you know, there's surely, uh, you know, even even our friend Zach listening mm-hmm. uh, who, who has uh, a background in, you know, clinical psychology or therapy or anything like that. And I don't He's know. A quack. Yeah, right. Uh, but I mean, I was, I was uh, in a situation where I didn't feel welcome a lot of places growing up. I didn't mm-hmm. feel, you know, uh, I think I grew up uh, with experience in churches that were heavy on clicks and, and just, you just, if you didn't fit, you just, and, and I just really, I think there's a part of me even in that experience growing up that the way that 
I want to respond to that is make sure that we do everything in our power to get those interested connected and to help them know what kind of church we are. Because mm-hmm. we've said this before, we are not for everyone in this valley. We're mm-hmm. not for everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to start a movement in Salt Lake City, anything right. like that. We are trying to be faithful pastors and a faithful church to those that God's called to be a part of it. And shame on us if God's led someone to be a part of our church and due to our negligence and our lack of response, they don't get the opportunity to get connected to the family that's right for them. Yeah. I remember, I don't know. I mean, this would have been maybe late 2008, um, sitting in that this little outdoors, this little cafe in downtown Palatine Mm -hmm. before we started redemption. Mm. And we were just having like an initial, and we were like, we were in a weird season of, we were like, we were like sort of friends again. It was just Mm -hmm. like, we were starting, I had just closed a church and then we're like, well, that seems like a great time to start another one. Yeah. And, uh, and so we're sitting in this little cafe having a conversation. I remember, I asked that question because I remember then you going on a very impassioned tirade about like the only thing that you, I was really like, I was in this really like butt tight season when it came to like theology (laughs) and just like, I was, I was really like, we never, I was coming out of a couple of like really atheological situations that I had seen be confusing and hurtful to people. And so I was just like really on the doctrinal end and really Mm -hmm. wanted that to be right. And I remember you barely caring about that, but Mm -hmm. really caring about like your thing was this has to be a place where anybody can get connected. You don't, you don't have to be a cool kid. You don't have to like, be uh, just like no one's going to have the typical high school experience where it's like the jocks and the cool kids and there's the nerdy kids that get left out and like, and that happens in all kinds of churches. And you have always been literally, I bring that up because since before we planted our very first church, like you've been ringing one bell (laughs) the whole time, which is we're going to make it easy and accessible for anybody, no matter how freaking weird you are. If you want to be here and you want to be a part of our family, we're going to find a way to make that happen. And so I think there's no one who can speak to this with more, um, intent, like with more authenticity Mm. and authority than you, because you've always cared about that so much. Mm. That's interesting that you share that. Uh, I hadn't, I, I didn't remember that at I, I don't doubt that that happened, but even last night at the dinner, I had asked, you know, so what made you decide to call mm-hmm. Ridgeline home? Because mm-hmm. uh, I had checked out a few churches in the area, and, and they had a couple of things, but they said, you know, um, uh, the so it was a husband and wife couple, and the wife said, you know, she said, I just feel like the thing I love the most about Ridgeline is that anybody could walk through the door mm-hmm. and be welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, I can't think of very many things that are higher praise than that. And I think anybody that would ever come and visit our church would look around and go, hmm, this place is... You welcome everybody. This- <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. And, uh. Uh, and, and, uh, and at the same time, like I, I don't think we've ever pulled punches on things we believe to be true and we've taken hard stances on things. And, um, and again, not everybody who's come has stayed and felt like this is for them, but we have a pretty diverse group 
mm-hmm. uh, that I think is a testament. I'm even thinking about, you know, we're doing our squad training right now, which we're going to, Lord willing, talk about in a few weeks. And I just think about the people that have been in that room. Like I can see where they're sitting in mm-hmm. my head right now. Like this is a, this is a diverse group totally. of people. Like nobody's the same. And, uh, and I've, I mean, I have, I've been, when we first came here, we visited a couple churches and I've, I mean, there was one in particular that I remember Tammy and I driving away going, we're not cool enough to go to that church. For sure. And I was a jock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still left going, oh yeah, I, I do not feel even remotely cool enough mm-hmm. to be in this place. And I just think what a damning thing for sure to be said of a church. Totally. And I think that if you listen and that resonates with you of, man, I want to be a welcoming mm-hmm. church too, from the behind the scenes, more uh, system process end of it, then put your time, energy and systems. And in some cases, money mm-hmm. being $14 a month right. where your mouth is, yeah. you know, you have to make the barrier of entry low. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to, you know, reduce your requirements for membership or all the, you know, your term, butt tight things you've yeah. got going on. There's probably another way to but, say that, but, but it's fine. But make sure that, um, that you have continued to reevaluate how do we help people feel like they can be at home here. That's right. Uh, and how do we make it easy? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Next week, we will uh, talk a little bit more about what we do um, specifically with that information. Um, I'll talk a little bit about how I respond to that. But uh, until then, if you have uh, enjoyed this episode and this is your first time listening, it would be awesome if you uh, would subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, maybe leave a review, uh, and then you can follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. And you can check us out at myxp.church. As always, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. I thought that one, I thought that one was a one-time thing. Do you know what that's from? The flippity flip? Yeah. No, what? That's what Michael Scott says as he is leaving the warehouse trying to make the uh, basket backwards. And he does it like a thousand times when he's finally off the office. How do you forget something like that? Unbelievable. <laughs>